Hello, you adventurous jams and jellies, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam. My name is Emma. And I'm Addie. And I'm Seska. And my name's Teddy. And today we are discussing D&D instead of jam. We have two very special guests today. They are our friends from theater, and we play D&D with them. Yeah. So, how... So, I got into D&D because of Emma, and she got into D&D because of you. Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys get into D&D? I got into D&D because of Teddy. <laughs> it's a domino effect. Uh, it, it, it really is. <laughs> yeah. And my group of friends got into D&D because, quite frankly, we watch anime in high school, and we learned about a show called Critical Role that is a bunch of famous voice actors who play Dungeons & Dragons together. And after watching a few episodes, we all thought, you know, we could do that. And it would be fun. And so that's when we started playing. We've been playing as a group for about, since my freshman year, I graduated 10 years ago. So 10 to 13 years we've been playing. And then slowly just tried to get other people to play with us. Yeah, I played in 2016. Like in late 2016 mm-hmm. was the first time that I played with everybody. Yeah, no, honestly. Because your first session was at Matt's, right? Yeah, yeah, it was at Matt's. And I feel really lucky to have found the group that I did to start off with because I feel like a lot of people have bad experiences with D&D and it gets a bad rap. So I feel thankful that I had a really fun, accepting group that I started off with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always seemed like super intimidating to me, just like hearing of it. Mm-hmm. And like I'd look into it, but then I was like, I don't even know where to start. And I don't want to like go with randos, you know? Well, like it's, it's a vulnerable so medium. Yeah, so I was, like, really glad that you got me into it, because I was like, otherwise, I don't think I ever would have done it. Because I was like, I feel like that's the only way I would do it, is with friends that I already have. I wouldn't wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for Teddy's group of friends. Like, there's no way. Because I was always way too afraid to just, like, ask to join a party, because that's not what you did. Like, I feel like pandemic changed that a little. There are a lot more online games and things Mm -hmm. you can hop into now. Mm -hmm. That wasn't an option, you know, back when I started playing, so... Yeah, I never would have gotten into it either. Well, and it's a lot like an acting exercise, and doing Mm -hmm. that with strangers can be scary enough. So you need, you know, having a strong uh, group of people that trusts each other is kind of important. It sounds silly, but like role-playing, you definitely are adding an aspect of yourself to a character. Maybe you don't, but that's where most people start. So mm-hmm. it's important to like feel safe, I think. Well, I feel like a pretty universal feeling is that anything that deals with improvisation is scary, oh, right? Yeah. Like all improv <laughs> I, is super yeah. scary. Like even yeah. to most actors, I'm, I'm very comfortable on a stage, but I'm not very comfortable with improv. So definitely learning to be comfortable and not embarrassed of my own improv in front of people I've never acted in front of is very strange and unusual like anytime there's new players in the in a group or like i've done something new or different with D, it's still intimidating i still get the butterflies and the nerves like absolutely every time i still get you nervous don't i know you don't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, also, i still get nervous about all the battles every single time so. combat is very intimidating when you oh, first yeah. start off because that's like the tech that's the technical aspect yeah. you know that's where you got to get the math right yeah, where you got to yeah, know I the think... rules like that's that's the intimidating part yeah really. that's what i was super intimidated by and I still, like, I haven't played enough to actually remember a single thing of, like, the technical stuff, really. So that's another reason why I'm, like, glad that it's, you like, I'm not I'm stop not checking your to, like, notes ever. <laughs> if, for, like, a reminder of how to do something. Yeah. You know? Because I feel like I wouldn't if I didn't 
know the DM or, you know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. I'm so introverted, it's like, I wouldn't want to ask. I'll just be confused. The yeah, whole time. it becomes yeah. that class assignment that you didn't ask the teacher about because <laughs> exactly. you're too embarrassed to raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and if it makes you feel any better, I have been corrected on a couple of rules recently that I've been playing with you guys that a buddy of mine told me are very wrong. <laughs> to put it bluntly, like, you know, the the rogues getting sneak attack, I was oh, mistaken yeah. on what that was all about. And, uh, well, and sometimes we have homebrew rules, and that, that gets snuck right, in places, and then we kind of convolute a homebrew rule with the real rule, and, like, you know, things go a little well, watery and, somewhere. And sometimes. watching Critical Role so much... And then playing Pathfinder, oh, it, it the mediums get confused difference. because it's it's very much a similar game, but there are very different rules. It's Pathfinder and D anD D is like Christianity and Catholicism, like it's the same thing, but one has way more rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like and Pathfinder is definitely that. Which, I would argue. Sorry. Which I was gonna say no. That we should probably say we are playing Pathfinder. Yeah. <laughs> we said D&D we about yeah, well, so, and but yeah, we're To be fair, both. we kind of mix the two because we're playing yeah. with D&D, a D&D story currently, but Pathfinder character building and mechanics. And we do play with a lot of homebrew rules. Homebrew I, rules, I homebrew of... items, items inspired by D&D. Yeah. I mean, you know. You guys have more homebrew items than you do real items. But that is actually incredibly common. Um, I recently read in a, a Dungeons & Dragons licensed book. In the back of the book, there's this little excerpt about what to do next. And basically, it's like, oh, you know, but most DMs decide to homebrew their worlds. Most campaigns are yeah. things mm. that are made up by the DM themselves. And, like, sure, they might choose and pick from the rules, but, like, most campaigns are homebrew. Which is why I laugh when people are like, oh, doesn't it get boring and repetitive? It's like, well, if you're playing with the same DM, maybe. But if you're switching and rotating DMs... It, you, it, so it, you could be drinking beer one night and wine the next. Like it can be a totally different experience. Every DM I played with is terribly different. Mm-hmm. Terribly, terribly different. Yeah. I've played with DMs I don't necessarily enjoy mm-hmm. playing with, and I've played with DMs that like if that was the DM I'd play with forever, fine. That's great. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, different experience with every single one. Yeah. How many campaigns have you guys done? Oh, since I started, I've done one that ended very briefly after. <laughs> a second, third, fourth. Are you <laughs> including one shots? Yeah, are we including like things that were supposed to be one-offs? No. What if they what if they well, spread into point. multiple? Like there's we had a one-off that uh, turned into a uh, three or four at and this she point. She said campaign. Yeah, that's fair. So then technically only two. Three. Well, we the have first the one, rotating D. Well, yeah, that the first was technically one counts. a campaign yeah, and yeah. we died. The full campaign, technically. Yeah. All right. So yeah, no, the first one, and then the rotating campaign, uh-huh. and then Way of the Wicked. And then I'm, t- I've technically got a fourth. I'm playing with a friend who is DMing for a work group and needed an experienced player. Well, mm. didn't need an experienced player, but offered me a four if you count the running the one with uh, Winds of Fate. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. yeah. And then five because, <laughs> because of ours. Because so of five, ours. five so full campaigns. Five, five full, for you, six for me. Yeah. Although I'm technically DMing two of those. Yes. So I don't know if that mm, really I mean, counts. counts. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're part of the campaign. Yeah. Enough. Fair enough. If you're the one making it. Yeah. <laughs> so five full campaigns, but many others 
many others mm-hmm. on the side. One shots, things yeah. that were supposed to be one shots, and we loved so much that we turned into more. Or we just There's realized a... couldn't be played in one shot. Like... Yeah. Well, one shot is always a generous term. If you ever play an actual one shot, worship that DM because <laughs> they should just write books at that yeah. point. I mean, if they can really be that concise and get the party to move in the direction they want well, to. Well, part of the issue is that every group of people moves differently in D&D. Some yeah. groups might move through objectives way faster than others. We might spend more time role-playing and talking, or maybe there's this funny fucking thing that happened at the tavern, and you know, <laughs> and now we're stuck on that for a half an hour. Or right. Because like, we, we were moving pretty fast, I think, when I joined your guys' campaign, and then mm-hmm. there was that one night where, like, we just had, like, a whole, like, 40-minute conversation about, like, trying to figure out whether... The Archmage was on our side or not. Oh my god. <laughs> and that was like half the session. Yes, it was like, yes. We Those had are important conversations. They, so they are. But when you look back, you're like, wow, we spent a <laughs> long time on that moment. <laughs> but if you think about it relatively to the world, that's a 40 minute conversation out of a 12 hour day. That yeah. I think it's kind of amazing having. that Dungeons and Dragons does not take longer than it does because we're technically trying to play out these real time scenarios. Somehow, some I mean, way. There's there are there's time skipping, right? Well, I mean, and then that's why we started creating player chats too, because at the end of the day, you sit yeah. there and go, "Well, shit, we didn't have that conversation. Oh <laughs> crap, I didn't tell her about that thing." Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a million things you miss in the middle of a session mm-hmm. that you might need to talk about later. Which is why you can have sessions with no combat, and the DM mm-hmm. basically gets to call it in. <laughs> you guys talked for three hours. I don't and, know about uh, that. Well, I feel like midnight. maybe combat's easier sometimes. No, because if if we're just like role play. And like in a town, you have to be a million NPCs. Mm, but if you guys are sitting there in a private bar talking about whether or not to trust an archmage, to ourselves. Okay, fair enough. You're that, talking about I, specifically I the archmage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there there are situations where like I can hurry you along, sure. but sometimes yeah. those conversations really need to happen. You know, mm-hmm. like there are times I wish Eric would. We're sitting there talking about trying to get drinks for free for like thirty minutes, and it's like we don't. This is not important role mm-hmm. play. <laughs> You know, this is fun, but we can progress a little, yeah. you know, whereas yeah. like that is juicy meat that needs to happen. So I don't like interrupting that because that's, that is the meta game that isn't meta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're you actually know, it, sitting in in character having conversation before combat actually happens. Yes. And that, yeah. That's the good stuff. That's yeah. the good stuff. Also one of the hardest parts for me, because like, like you said before, like, it is a lot of improv and like, because we're doing... We have our main campaign right now, mm-hmm. where I'm the cat folk ex-mercenary who is like trying to redeem herself, kind of, basically. And then the other one we're doing, Monster of the Week, I'm that same, it's like a variant of that character in a different multiverse, <laughs> where she's still a mercenary, but she never like went for the redemption arc, so she's still just mm-hmm. kind of like a criminal. And evil, the alignment's evil instead of neutral. And Which everyone found out in such a cool way. <laughs> yeah. Everyone found out in the that. middle of combat when our cleric... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm still learning the names. Um, when our cleric tried to cast a spell that harmed evil creatures, and I was in the way of that, and yep. got harmed along with the weird... That was real fun to watch. That was real fun, fun to watch. Yeah. That's a um, unique player interaction that doesn't typically happen because typically in parties, everyone's around the same alignment mm-hmm. or there's not an evil one in sight. So it's really cool to have that actually happen in the middle of something. Yeah, and our, I mean, it's it's fun that our monster of the week ended up being everyone. It's like our Suicide Squad. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Evil, but I like, had no idea that was gonna happen too. <laughs> I flipped out. I flipped out. I gave everyone the option of either picking 
this, you know, because the organization they're working for is like these knights, right? So you can either pick that you've wanted to do this for a long time, you've worked towards this, this is your goal, you're going to become this knight for this organization, <laughs> or you might be like the Night's Watch and you're serving a sentence and you, you're here against your will. Every <laughs> single one in the party chose to be here against their will. They chose to be a prisoner of... The <laughs> stronghold. But, uh. we, but we so often hear the hero's story. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's fun to play. It's just, I, that is the, I had not considered that option. <laughs> I had considered who might That's pick funny. what. I had considered maybe the toss ups. No, I had not considered <laughs> that every single player would choose to be a criminal. I had not considered that at all. It threw me for a loop. I sat there for a second and I was like, I don't, I need to recover. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Process this. In, a, in a weird way, like me improving as the good catfolk mercenary is harder than being the bad one. Because mm-hmm. like if I'm the like the bad one doesn't say anything if she doesn't want to. She yeah. sits there twirls some knives and gives evil looks at people. But like the other one has to like make relationships, connections with people. She has to try. Yeah, she, she has to try. try. I mean, does she though? I mean, she if she wants to. Has been kind of trying to, but she's not very good at it. You don't have to be good at it. I was going to say that's just as interesting, I think. That she wants to have these relationships, but she's not good at it yet. I think think that's very interesting. Makes sense for the weird for the backstory I have of her is like why she's not good at it. Like these are the first friends she's ever had. Yeah, I don't know how to talk to. She grew up in a competitive environment where she had to fight for everything. So it makes sense that she would have no charismatic skills whatsoever. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, the improving of the characters is sometimes more difficult with than the battle I think mm-hmm. just having conversations with the NPCs um, especially when they're ones that like you have to do like a like you're manipulating in some mm-hmm. way well you <laughs> you have already done way more improv than mm-hmm. I have just in the few like your first one even your first game with it's the, very like, intimidating like coming in I feel mm-hmm. like and then you've just with like your character's backstory and everything I feel like you've You've really had to like go for it. Combat know? absolutely used to be my security blanket. My mm, first few yeah. games, I was like, "Thank God we're in combat. Yeah, I can, I can relax now." <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely understand that. I just hit this person with a dagger, and we're good. Yep, yep. <laughs> Simple. I get to stab things. Okay, moving on. I will say it's super interesting that you say that because a lot of your role playing came out when she joined the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you, you came at me hard. You did, which was su- I was like, oh shit. I, <laughs> I think it, I was. I was sitting I think there it like threw us oh, all God, off because we were like, great. oh whoa, she just went for someone. So, so, and like, so, so, you, typically, like should I? Can I swear? Oh, okay. Fine. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I didn't I've, think to ask. Oh, I didn't think to ask either. I've been swearing like <laughs> no, a sailor. Okay. We just mark it with an E and then like for explicit and then move on. Super. Continue. Oh no. Yeah, no, because that is interesting. Because I feel like I didn't take it. As far as I would have at the beginning, when did we? 2020. Before, yeah. Before. Yeah, we had, just we had started, one session before I was like, everything I'm collapsed. I'm gonna go after yeah. Electra because she's. F- Wait, who's who's a full elf? That's Electra. Yeah, Electra. yeah. and so she's I was like elf. doing kind of like a I don't trust you mm-hmm. kind of thing, and I feel like I just didn't stick with it long enough because she kept being so nice to okay. me. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Okay. And, and I was like, in a way, it's like, it's easier to just, like, when you're first starting, I was like, there's less improv for me to do if I just befriend you. Accept and it. just continue as a group kind of thing. But I did like having that kind of, like, 
tension. Mm-hmm. So having you come in, I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> I was like, we don't know this person. Why are you guys all trusting her I wanted, right off the bat? I, I was like, I feel the same this? way. But there is something about her character that apparently sucks everyone in because I wanted to feel the same way. And then literally like a couple sessions later, she was like, you're talking to me. And I was like, damn it. About Electra or Kit? Electra. Yeah, no, at first, because my character also is highly distrusting of other elves. And so, uh, yeah, she didn't want to be friends with her, but it happened somehow, some way. Yeah. She made it happen. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I feel like I need to I think it, to maintain that a little bit longer. Because <laughs> I've missed my opportunity at the beginning. And I think with Electra, I mean, it, it works because, like, she's our healer. Mm-hmm. And so she's always and I was like, better. I'm you kind of have to trust her. But she's also just, like, so sweet. Like, she checks in with you after the battle. And, like, she noticed when my character was, like, a little bit freaked out because we're going into this town that's full of rogues that might know who I was. And then she's like, I noticed that, and so I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm like, she's asking yeah, how I like, feel. Yeah, she's like the mom in the group. Yeah. She's like, how are you doing, honey? How are you doing? Because I feel like she'd had a conversation with me, like, right when we started, being like, you know, I notice, like, you don't really seem to like me all that much. And I'm like, well, <laughs> now that I mean... you're a nice enough person to, like, sit down and try and, like, figure out our differences. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn. You made this too easy. Exactly. <laughs> there was, was supposed like, to be some strife yeah, here. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm trying not to like you, but you're making it really hard. <laughs> but I was wondering, how how do you go about planning as a DM? Yeah. Like, or like, was that something you were always interested in? Or after like, playing and seeing, like, having a DM, like, were you like, oh, I want to try that out? Or like... Yeah, how did you get? Because I have, I honestly have no idea, like what goes into. Because you did it long before we played together, right? Yeah. Well, to be quite frank, watching Critical Role and watching Matt make the magic happen is definitely like when when people watch that show. A lot of the fandom is about the characters, but people, I mean, they don't forget. But like, he creates this world, and it's super badass that they get to live in this world and exist in it. And there's something very cool about being able to create that for your friends and create these experiences. However, we were all 15 and scared shitless. <laughs> so our friend Eric uh, stepped up and bought the books, did all the reading, and he became the forever DM. With a few people trading in and out, but he typically... He's he's still my favorite DM that I've ever played with. I To this day, I love you dearly. But he I still... I DM'd one session. And it was, it was great. It was not hurt. It was awesome. But, like, he just... it. He has the perfect balance of following the rules and the rule of cool. He will let you do something if you convince him it's worth doing. And it's realistic enough. He's he's my the Western idol DM. campaign. He let me he let me do some really cool stuff with my yes, character. he did. But he still made you roll for it, mm-hmm. and that's what makes the payoff worth it. Yep. Um, and he finally got to the point where he was like, "Hey, I kind of want to play. <laughs> I need a break." Um, so we all decided we had this crazy idea. It's going to be so cool uh, that we would rotate DMs for a campaign. Yeah. So basically what we did was we created vignettes that were part of an overarching world. Mind you, we were like 17, so it went about as well as you can imagine. My first time DMing, I killed one of my players. Oh no. Yeah. So I made a rules call that was probably not so good, and he ended up dying because of it and had to make a new player. 
or a new character. So yeah, that I, I had kind of taken prep lightly. I was like, okay, I know the monsters they're going to fight. I kind of know what they're going to do. And then he died and I felt really guilty. And that's when I started. I mean, I had taken it seriously before, but I was kind of, you know, I'm fine. This I can, is easy. I'll figure it out. And after that, I felt real guilty because he loved that character. And we were low enough level that we couldn't revive him. So it was yeah. it was rough. And it you know, it was a great moment for the party, but like player to player, he disagreed with my call, did not agree with my decision, and it it was uh it was a bummer. So uh ever since then I started really cracking down and like it takes me about a week to, to prep. But I'll over prep sometimes and I can like take a week off. Like you guys have just gotten to the point. Where now I have to prep again. Gotcha. Um, just because, you know, there's a certain amount of wandering you guys do. There's a certain amount of directionlessness I give you. There's a certain amount of hints I give you. With a book, it's far easier to prep mm-hmm. than it is. I'm uh, DMing a, well, it was a low magic, but now fairly high magic uh, Viking campaign for these guys, Norse gods and all that. And that is difficult because I'm basically writing the book I'm hmm. you know so the prep is not only you write the story I write I write the you story write the adventure. I yeah. write the adventure and I write the suggested encounters I write the character profiles you can use items and creatures and stuff from other well and places, basing it on Norse mythology is definitely a, a head start it's a head start because yeah, yeah no, I, it's written yeah. You know. yeah however your guys's campaign Read a chapter or two, mm-hmm. write some notes down, I'm good to go. Yep. Adjust it's a few reading. things for decisions that you've made, but it's not writing. It's more like, I, I'm bad about stuff. Or a bestiary for like, random encounters. Right. Reading suggested. They have, so in the book, it's less of like, they're going to do this. And it's more like, here's the general direction you want to send them. Here are ideas for things they may run into. Like the ancient dragon stuff that you guys ran into. Yeah. Roll of the dice. And then I got to add my own little flavor to it. Um, I loved your dragon voice. It sounded like Falcor. Uh, from <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That was, that was great. That was Thank a good you. time. Thank you. Um, so the, the book is far easier. I recommend any DM that's starting out start with a book. Just because it takes so much of the burden off and just being ready. Also print out a list of random names because you'll keep a name generator up on your phone. You will never have enough. Um, No, literally because of you and Eric both talking about having frozen moments where you couldn't name an NPC you just made up on the spot. Every single NPC that lives at the stronghold that we started with for the Monster of the Week campaign, they were all named beforehand. They nice. are, I have a whole list in my binder <laughs> because of that story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. All the big NPCs you have names for, but the random people you run into in a tavern, it's like, I don't. Sure. I, don't, no. I have personalities ready. I don't yeah. think of like, I don't. Or the names well, sure. Of the or like a moment where you're like, oh you're in God. a crowd of people. <laughs> yeah. Or the names of the horses. <laughs> you have to talk about the horses. Chad. <laughs> Let's just address that Chad Chad served a great purpose in the R.I.P. Chad. R.I.P. Chad. Fuck Chad. That guy's a total asshole. R.I.P. So, Chad. the story is we were leaving the north to ride to the coast, and Emma, our druid, decided to talk to the horses beforehand. And Interview so there was, process. There was Martine, who was nice, and then there was High. Martine the mayor. Martine the mayor, and then there was, there was High, who was just like, Hi. It's like, how are you doing? 
hi. So that was hi. And then, God, about him. then there was Chad, who was Chad. funny. Uh, Ridiculously. You would say a little more borderline sexual <laughs> Which, if I may interject, is a really... You should always check in with your players. I made that character choice and got real nervous that maybe that was not okay. And that's why I always like to check in because I think it's fun. Well, it's not fun. I think it can be empowering to have characters like that that you get to then overcome. And maybe <clears throat> what happens to Chad later. <laughs> you know, and it becomes kind Chad of Chad met a wonderful end. Yes, he did. Um, but DMs, always check in with your players that things are okay. Don't do things with people you don't know. I wouldn't have done that if I didn't know you guys. Yeah, of course. Um, but also to like check in and make sure that no one is like potentially triggered by that. Yeah. Please continue oh, with your yeah. horse story. Yeah, but yeah, Chad was Chad was a dick, and then the Chad was a flirty, weird motherfucker. <laughs> and then the fourth horse, the very last one, the first thing he says. Oh no, that I forgot was on me. <gasps> that was on me. I, I forgot. I, I don't oh, know why no. I was like, I believe you. <laughs> but he was like, you gotta help me, I'm not a horse. We like, I did not see that. Well, I panicked, I panicked, I panicked, I panicked, and I let him go. I let him so go. So we tried to, he said he was an half-elf? Druid who got yeah. turned. He into claimed a horse. he was a half elf druid who got <laughs> turned into a horse and could not turn himself back. Yeah. As a curse. As a yeah, some kind of curse. Yes. Um, I still don't really know what happened because I used to spell magic, but mind you, we were not, we're not exactly high level. So I don't really know if what I did worked or if he just was lying. I don't know. I think he was lying. It's very strange. But anyway, he turns into not a half elf druid, but a purple tiefling? Purple tiefling. I wrote it in the notes. Oh, I wrote it down somewhere yeah. too, but I was I am. mortified. <laughs> yeah, just like getting through all the horses, and then the last one is like, help! I'm not a horse. I was like, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. He wasn't a so horse, concerned. but he was still lying. Yeah. yeah, that was great. He's gotta come but back. I'm he literally was like, thanks, back. friend, and then took off. I'm... It was more of a thank you. Yeah, that was And the then voice. he disappeared. There it is. Yeah. Um, I'm scared. I yeah. forgot about that. I'm waiting I'm so for that excited. to... Now, Livia has me. entirely forgotten about that. That's awesome. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah, considering the fact that we've fought things like dragons at this mm-hmm. point, she... No, there's no... That's, like, the farthest thought yeah. from her mind right we now. We fought dragons, and then we fought giants, and it's been a rough week. Like, this all happened within, like, Oh, my God. Weeks. It has been a week. Yeah. And oh. Cog are like less than a week. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it's been like it's six been like days. Four days. Yeah, <laughs> well, like six because of the traveling. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. then like Cog, our half orc guy, he died in the span of two days. Like twice, was resurrected twice. Yeah, once by the dragon and then the other by Davkiss. Yeah, that's on him, honestly. <laughs> the Davkiss one is on him. The dragon. Yes. No, True. The, no, the dragon was also partially his fault because he <laughs> went charging up, and I was like, "Wait, let me heal you." And then he was like, True. "No," and then he took off and he left, and I was like, "Okay." Ah, that's yeah. such a good choice, though. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love, I love the indestructible character. I yeah. no, I respect it because, like, I'm so I overthink everything. I'm taking notes all the time, <laughs> constantly, and then I go home and rearrange them better so I can find them. It's terrible. And so, but yeah, he's just like, I'm going in, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't just do that. But yeah, it's, it's a great it's balance that you've yeah. got the meticulous yeah. player, and then you've got the true chaos, and then you guys are everything in between. What I it's find lovely, very interesting, is that he's a he's a chaotic character, right? Yeah. So is Namivia, but they. They are chaos in different ways. Sure. Very different ways. Yeah. Very different ways. He's chaos in pure, traditional, <laughs> chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, just 
fucking charges in, whereas Namibia is chaotic in the thought process of what's going to get me where and how am mm-hmm. I going to do it. So I might fuck shit up in the process, yeah. <laughs> just not the way that he does. Right. Which is why you guys clash so often. Yes, we're, we're far too much alike. Far yeah. too much alike. <laughs> we both want to do what we want to do at all times, which doesn't mash because then there are two people trying to do what they want to do at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it's an entertaining relationship, to say the oh, least. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you said in an early one you died? I didn't. Oh, well, we had a TPK, oh, total party My camp. very first oh, campaign. No. My um, very first campaign. Yeah, we uh, were two sessions in, three sessions yeah, in. I need like to four. hear about that. Three or four, somewhere around there. Yeah, Our third we, or fourth uh, session, we had a total party kill. Everybody died. And Except for me. That's true. You escaped. I did escape. This, I, I think, would be an example and a, a helpful hint to DMs. If your players aren't getting something... Give them a fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> please, please. It was kind of this murder mystery, what are we fighting slash looking for. We didn't even know what we were looking for. We didn't. We had no idea. And we were just we, told to go to the location. And we spent... They got you to a second location. <laughs> they did! They got us to a second location! <laughs> I love you, John Mulaney. Uh, but the, the DM was sending us in one direction, it felt like, and then there was nothing, and then we Every were... time we poked in the direction we thought he was heading us in, something new would smack us across the face yeah. that was like, no, you're not supposed to be in here. And it's like, dude, what, what? what do you mean? And then we end up at this church, go downstairs, and there's an invisible monster mm-hmm. who crushes my pet bear crushes us and she escapes i managed to escape only because i was riding a war cat and the war cat kept me alive um i was able to like zap out of spots like i would notice somebody get smashed and then i had a lot of movement so i could move away from that area and then like the monster would obviously respawn somewhere else it's the only reason i survived thoven actually was uh, thoven and roosevelt Mm -hmm. were actually killed yeah in that campaign. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then was the other half-orc with a bear? Yeah. Our party has a half-orc with a bear. And yep. he was the one we met. <laughs> that was the <laughs> most beautiful tavern moment. <laughs> I loved that. Just a half-orc with a bear walking in and seeing another half-orc yeah. with a bear is too comedic. That's too good. why it happened. Too golden. It too was golden. a different NPC who was supposed to be talking to you guys. And I was like, nope, fuck that. I was laughing <laughs> so hard, though, when he came to us and was like, I'm going to be a half-orc, I'm going to have a bear. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're going to be white? Yeah. That's funny. I was so excited. Yeah. I knew he was going to go with like half-orc or orc. Yeah. Like, I feel like that The was only reason he's not orc is because it's not a playable race in Pathfinder. Right. Yep. Yeah. Half-orc I, is the playable well, race. Well, to be fair. You could. No. Uh, well, yes, but no. What I was going to say <laughs> is he wanted to be Dragonkin. Yes. And I originally told him no. No third party. Technically... It's a D&D race. There's third party Dragonborn. In no, the... there weren't before. That's. I mean, there were when we were making characters, right? A lot of what legally separates Pathfinder and D&D are the races. Yeah. So traditional, because funny enough, Tolkien actually has a huge influence on Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Because, oh man, D&D, for, I forget what it is. Uh, I actually recently did a play with someone who play-tested Dungeons & Dragons uh, with someone who supposedly knew Gary Gygax. I don't know the full truth to that. I don't but know, that's man. If you play-tested Dungeons & Dragons, <laughs> that seems pretty probably that close to it. So, yeah. Halflings used to be known as 
Hobbits. Yes. And Tolkien came in and was like, <laughs> nah. not without a paycheck, they're not. <laughs> um, and so a lot of that stuff, and so even now there are races that like Pathfinder specifically has and D&D specifically has. And the reason elves and dwarves are so loosey-goosey is because... They exist of, in all lore ever. Right. Mm. So it's, it's not a specific it's term. Not, right. Whereas like, again, I, I could be spouting bullcrap here, but like a lot of... D&D licensed stuff is because it's, there are eagle people you can play, you can play as elephant people, you can play as... Lizard folk are kind of a thing, right? Lizard folk are actually a thing, and that are totally different from dragonkin. Yeah. There are... What else was I looking at? But when we're talking about stuff stuff that you can play, you just didn't want to play it because it wasn't a core race, right? Because it is a third-party race. Like, you can find it listed on the website for I really don't think I found it when we were building characters that night. I I looked for him. Huh. I just, I thought I remember it still being a thing then. I don't know. Mm. I think I said no third-party classes. I could be wrong. Huh. It's been a while. Yeah. And that yeah. was COVID. We, we created those pre-COVID. That was one COVID was ago. Pre-COVID characters, man. Pre-COVID. So it, um... We had one session, and then no, we went we online. Had we had more than one. I thought one. we only had one, and then online. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. No, yeah, we, we did, still... like, two or three. Yeah. Because we did one. I think the last one we ever did was at your house, because mm-hmm. I remember looking and seeing that my interview for... The credential program was moved to Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like... I think that's oh, the one you yeah. guys left early and Andrew and Anna showed up late. Yep. It was this like half split. Oh. I started with you guys that early. Was, yeah. yep. You left. And then... Yep. Um, yeah. And our and next session was, was online and yep. we gave up after one session of <laughs> online because it was, it was awful. awful. It was awful. I respect players that are using systems like Roll20 and like online systems, but just trying to do it Discord and like theater of the mind, that shit well, is really and hard. and for like, you know, so many of us were complete noobs. Yeah. Like, that is really hard. Having no like one there I to help more you. experienced, it wouldn't be as difficult. Yeah. It's like but asking also a starting second grader person, to learn like, multiplication without a online, teacher. Like, you can maintain that, but yeah. starting in person have... with newbies and then trying to bring it online is like, it's so hard. Nearly impossible. Yeah. After, I, I still, she disagrees with me, which is totally fine, but after learning D&D's system, I almost wish I had started you guys on D&D. And then transferred you to Pathfinder. The system that D and D has is so much more simple. It's very there's simple. There's no, there's no BAB. There's no add this, add that. It's all right in front of mm. you. Roll the dice. Add that number. What'd you roll? Yeah. It's very nice. And then once you get a hold of that, then you can start breaking down what path. I I told Eric I wish we had started with D and D. It's the only. I reason... I look at it and I'm like, I know every like. The only reason I disagree is because when. I started playing Pathfinder with you guys, I already felt limited. I already felt like there were things being kept from me that I wanted to do with my characters that I couldn't because of certain rules. So the idea of starting with D&D where there are less options, I probably would have been very unhappy about. It's it's less options, but a lot of the stuff that can come into play is all based on roleplay. It is. Which is why I think it's like... We come down to things like archetypes and bloodlines and things like that that... Well, D&D doesn't necessarily offer abilities for Bloodlines are still a thing. But, like, if you're a bard, you're going to be a bard. And yeah. you're going to choose from these spells. And the diversity that you have is from the different spells. Whereas in Pathfinder, there are bards 
And then there, if you scroll down, you can see alternate versions of Bard. There could be Barbarian Bard, where it's like a multi-class Bard that, like, you're half Barbarian and you lose these feats and gain these ones instead. And Pathfinder has a lot of that, which is great. But I think as new players, like, as a new player, I would have loved to learn D&D first. Sure. Just mm. because it's a lot... The character sheet, it's just right in front of you. There's no touch. There's no any of that. It's... It's a lot. There's a lot less uh, little numbers floating around a page right. when you play D&D. The character sheets, I remember the first time I saw a, an actual D&D character sheet, I was like blown away. I was like, what is that? Yeah, there's like <laughs> nothing on it. That's not familiar to me at all. <laughs> However, I prefer Pathfinder. Yeah. I, yeah, just, I was going to ask, like, as a player, which one do you prefer? Or I guess is it different between what one you prefer to DM and... Well, to... Man, let me tell you, DMing, looking at the book for D&D, it is way simpler, which is pretty sweet for a DM because it's less to think about. I like the spellcasting system in D&D, however, I don't have much experience with spellcasting in Pathfinder. She is one of the most magical players that we've ever played with. We... I have not had a character that cannot use magic in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to. Whereas, like, all the other players I play with... I'm a gunslinger in one. I typically go archer or like a ranger or hunter, which are heavily, I always lean into pet classes because I love having animals. I played a paladin once, and a paladin is this awkward conglomeration of you spell cast off wisdom. So if you want to be good at casting spells, you need to perk into wisdom. <laughs> but if you want to hit stuff well, you need to perk into strength. But then if you want to be good with some of your other abilities, you need to perk into charisma. So it's this awful hodgepodge of like, be good at everything or be good at one thing and suck at your other two things, Mm -hmm. which was rough. Paladins and anti-paladins and Pathfinder are rough. Where I will say in D&D, that's not the case. Yeah. Paladins in D&D, I would argue, are way more fun to play. Very simple. And you can multi-class almost better in D&D. As a paladin, I mean, Travis did it with Warlock and Paladin, which is such a cool concept. Oh, yeah. And at Um, the end of the day, they're just different systems. Yeah, they are. That's all it boils down to. Every TTRPG is just a different system, and everybody has a different opinion Mm -hmm. about every single one of them. You find people that will tell you they hate Dungeons & Dragons, like, to the core of their Mm -hmm. being, they hate it. And then you find others that think it's the best TTRPG in existence. It just really depends on what you like. And how you play with your group. As a player, I prefer Pathfinder. Yeah. To answer the question. <laughs> I prefer Pathfinder. Do you I haven't prefer? actually played oh, D&D no, yet. So. I'd really like to run a one-shot with you guys on D&D and use the app and just show you, like... I, I love the app. I've played around with it, and D&D Beyond is fantastic. I really want Pathfinder to make it's something a, It's like really that. wonderful. Well, and we kind of had it. We kind of have it with that online character sheet, because I can plug in my spells and my yeah. abilities, and it accesses them for me, and it shows them for me, but that it's not... That website's like, every other time we try to play Well, it. and half the, yeah, half the time I can't load my character sheet anyway, yeah. so Pathfinder really, really needs a system like that, because it's one of the other largely played systems it just hasn't gotten the attention and money that D has i mean you have stranger things you have critical role mm-hmm. you have all this stuff and now D is making that dough which is great well, and which apparently, is honestly great there was recently some kind of scandal with one of the paizo like ceos or something that like well, he came out and said some stuff against the community and i don't know all ttr well not all dungeons and dragons and pathfinder people are not the most 
progressive. No, not always. Not at all. Gary Gygax was a super sexist, like, piece of shit. Said that girls could never enjoy role-playing games because, like, that's just not things they think about. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, okay. He was so, that kind of man. So you have... And Great. it's it's awful. And you have a lot of those problems written into the story, mm. which is actually really unfortunate because you have things that people think of as slave races. You have, like descriptions that can come off as half-orcs for the longest time were described as wide-nosed, big-lipped, and, you know, that brings mm-hmm. a certain idea to mind. And it it's written into these stories, and it's like, that's not how this yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. And so really, as a DM, it's like breaking that stuff down is really important to, like, make sure that you're, you know, telling a story. That's why I was so specific when you guys went to that village, and I was like, you know, there were people enslaved by giants. Mm-hmm. Very specific to say that it was not just one kind of people. It was the village. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Because DMs, the liberation story is fun to tell. You break all these people free. Right. But then you have these stereotypes that are written into races. And it's an issue. Mm. Because that's... I feel like that exists with all kinds of storytelling all over the place, though. Not just... D&D is really bad about not it. Not just role-playing games, they though. It's just, they just rewrote uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah. Was specifically written to get rid of that crap. Yep. And inadvertently added some more to it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're not creating these books with people of color in mind. And it shows. You know? And that's why the CEO of Paizo coming out and saying something stupid, not surprising. Yeah. That's uh, what I said. I said it wasn't surprising either. No, but I, I know. it's just I'm unfortunate. Just, that's all. I'm just saying it it becomes even less surprising when you like read the books and like how things are described. It's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's uh you have to work around it. It's important for DMs to do that. Yeah, well I think that ties back into just like you can have such a different experience depending mm-hmm. on who is in your party. Yep. I've heard horror you know? stories from people on the internet about their first DM experience with somebody. And it's kind of scary knowing that there are people out there that think they can use DMing as like this, I don't know, like sick game mm-hmm. that they get to play with themselves, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very apparent that exists and is prevalent in the community still, yeah. which is unfortunate. Because so many people have bad first experiences with D&D. That sucks. Yeah. Even it, it the subreddit really is full of people oh, yeah. like, hey, is this normal? Is this normal? Should my DM no, be doing normal. this? Should my DM be saying this? And it's mm. like, fuck, dude, that's awful. I've read awful, yeah, awful, awful stuff of people thinking certain things are okay because they're trying to tell the story. And so it's if like, you're ever uncomfortable, just leave the party. Just yeah, leave. Fire the DM or something, like, as a group agree or... You know, kick the player or something because it's not, that's not how the game's supposed to be. There's supposed to be challenge mm-hmm. and you're supposed to feel things and, you know, but not like When that. the DM takes away your personal choice, your bodily autonomy, anything like that in a game, it can be very violating. And that's like, I feel like that's what a lot of people, when they have bad experiences, are dealing with because they come and tell stories about how. The DM didn't let them roll for something. They just said, no, you can't do that. You're restrained now. You know, the character has control and, like, you don't get your actions. And it's like, that's not how the game works. When DMs just start making decisions instead of letting you roll for things, like, it should, you know. The game can work like that. It can. If you fail a roll. Yeah. Sure. My point is, like, 
saving like, throw. You yeah. fail. Yeah. Now your your body locks up. You're under a hold person like that. I mean, yeah, you sure. Know. But my point is that you were when right. players have bad experiences, it typically has to do with the fact that a DM took control of a situation that they didn't technically have the right to. You know, it's that they were just taking control of in a certain situation. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Is there a character that you, like a dream character you'd want to create that you haven't played yet? I feel like every new character is that character. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every new character is that character. I have a couple in mind that like I don't know when I'd play, but like I'd mm-hmm. like to create. But like every new character I start making, I'm like, oh, this is the best character I've ever made. You know, like that, that <laughs> the next one is always the best one. Uh, but if I had like a... Like a just like a dream character, uh, it's a it's a necromantic bard that I've been talking to Teddy about. Yeah, we're gonna make um, that work. It's a necromantic bard that doesn't use evil energy for necromancy. She uses positive, and only things that would have been willing to help her, like say something died, and it would have been willing to continue this fight. <laughs> she might reanimate it and use it to fight things uh, with her That's magical awesome. undead violin. Her instrument should be a xylophone made of bones. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> It's the the one we found is a violin. It's a violin, oh, cool. and it like the actual thing is made of bone, and like yeah. yeah There's an yeah. Irish folklore story about this woman who died, and then her body was turned into a fiddle by this guy who found it. What the heck? How I weird! Know. How weird! I have to tell you, I'll send it to you. But yeah, um, it's cool. It's even weirder because I was considering making her Irish. Oh, <laughs> well there you go. I want to play a wizard really bad, and the difference between wizards and sorcerers. Sorcerers are born with it which is why they're charisma-based. Mm-hmm. Wizards are intelligence-based, and they have to read to learn their spells, which becomes really difficult because then you have a wizard basically playing a side game of, like, going to bookstores, mm-hmm. buying <laughs> books. Like, you have to have a DM in a party that's going to be patient enough to let you role-play that, mm-hmm. which is why it's a big, like, desire fantasy of mine because I want to role-play that. One of the guys on Critical Role just did it, and it looked like a metric fuck-ton of fun because he... <laughs> A typical wizard arc is, I mean, because you start as just a normal guy who reads so much that he can do magic. So by goals, honestly, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so by higher levels, a lot of these wizards get egotistical. But Liam on Critical Role plays this depressed guy who's like never. It, it's a really cool like flip on the idea of a wizard and I'd like to play not something exact like a depressed wizard but like a a socially awkward like uh I mean I think I can help like you know uh, and then totally be like the guy you need him to be like just not confident in it I I love to play a wizard but I, I need a DM ironically that's what Eric wants to play and he was. I went to talk to him about playing a wizard and he was like I was just gonna talk to you you guys should play twins oh my god but we need a DM who will hi You'll, I mean, if you'll do it, that yeah. I would love. To I would love to DM twins. you and Eric as twin Low wizards. Wizard twin yeah. wizards. Uh, yeah, or, just you know, call it twitches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twizzards. Twizzards. <laughs> to the mouse, if you're listening. Uh, sorry. Is there anything? Uh, I know you guys are newer players, but is there anything that, like, now that you've started playing, that you really want to sink your teeth into? Well, like going into it, I was like, I want to be a rogue. Yeah. Like that's the one I like always wanted to be, and I only picked cat folk because I was there was just so many options. I was I like, know. okay, what's good for being a rogue? And then my brother like looked up some stuff. He's like, well, there's like the cat folk, and I was like, I'm gonna be a cat then, which <laughs> which was fun. But I was looking into Starfinder because we had talked about doing maybe a space mm-hmm. campaign. And they have rat folk, 
which would be good for a mechanic. I was like, that'd mm-hmm. be fun. But then I was like, but I really want to be a pilot. But then there was like one that was like a psychic race, and mm-hmm. then there was a shape shifting race, which seemed cool. And then also there's like an adventure explorer forerunner archetype. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So like with Star with the Starfighter, there's like way too many options. But like I was just really happy to be a rogue. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever want to move on from that, but I probably should. But if should. you had to. If probably. you had a DM like me. Yeah, like me. <laughs> who says, explore. I would probably pick Bard, I think. Oh, Bards are so fun. It might be fun. I don't know. Just because, like, but then I was like, I know there's, like, the performance stuff. So I was like, I don't know. It's not as go. complicated as... My first three characters <laughs> were Rangers. My, my first three oh, characters all were all nuts. strangers. See, that one, that one sounds fun too. But I keep thinking of Aragorn. That's why I'm like, yeah. we Strider. So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to me, rangers are versatile, but I like archery. And even in video games, I like archery. I always play the characters that sit in the back and, you know, kite at the big monsters. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Ranger for my first three characters drove him absolutely insane. I am so glad I finally tried other classes. Let me be clear. Try other <laughs> classes. I'm so glad I finally There's did. A whole nother game out there. I mean, the magic is yeah. intimidating. I just, like, I got comfortable with a bow and arrow and a couple of spells that I knew how to handle, and that's what I stuck to. But I'm glad I finally tried other stuff because now I've played a monk, a sorcerer, a cleric, and an inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just. Well, I was overwhelmed with all of the options, but I don't really have anything specific, but I think I'd want to either be, like, really big or really small. Mm. Like, like I'm kind of tired of being normal size. You want to play with that. Yeah, I want to be able to play with, like, size. and. I always like playing halflings. Like, being small is fun. It's just, it's very fun. And ironically, being big is really hard. Yeah, because yeah. you can't fit into a lot yeah. of places. Yeah. Well, but no, there are no races that are considered large. You have oh, to take yeah. magic to become large. So there's no, like, half There's orcs. no Goliath, like... Even Goliaths are considered medium. Uh, what? But I'm considered large. medium, and I'm a cat <laughs> Yeah. Again, it's see, about how weird, you fill Goliaths, a five-foot space. Goliaths are huge. Right, they are huge, but they still can stand in a five-foot square. Huh. Large creatures take up 20 feet. So do you just want it to be taller, or do you want to be bigger? I guess like beefier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Barbarian. Yeah, some kind of barbarian. Yeah. So it's like I either want to be like a big buff boy or be a tiny little something. You should be a big you know? dumb buff boy. That'd be fantastic. Be a himbo. I was about to say I could be a himbo. Oh my god, just make it Kronk, but name him something else. Yes. Kronk. Oh, Kronk vibes. Cooking. He loves cooking. Broccoli guys. <laughs> <laughs> No intelligence. <laughs> you were gonna play That's a character like that, and then you, you did a flip on me. I did me. a 180, and because I've been listening to my damn books, I know. All right, I and know. I just want. Because hey, the what, character you created is great. Because what I really want to do, and Daniel shut me down, is I want to try to make each of the mistings a D and D class. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want to put it on paper and see if I can get it to work. And a lot of them would be super easy. Mm-hmm. Like a th- uh, a, a pewter burner would just be a barbarian yeah. with some different flavor. To be clear, we're talking about the Mistborn. Brandon Sanderson yeah. series. Mistborn series. Mistborn series. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. He is obsessed. I'm on book five. I have an hour left of it. How many I'm books are So, fun six. fact. Have oh, you, you're almost done. Have I, you looked to see if anything like that exists on the internet already? Because... Um, fun fact. I... Technically, no, but in the Ars Arcanum <laughs> book, which is 
sorry, this is not a Mistborn. Uh, <laughs> this is not fine. a Brandon Sanderson conversation. But there was a tabletop game made for Mistborn. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you because on Twitter, uh, somebody was asking like, hey, if there was a, a book series or any kind of thing like that that you could have turned into a TTRPG, what would it be? And a couple of people commented about the Mistborn series. And mm-hmm. so like I went in to look and he was like, hey, this thing exists. Like You should it, check it, it out. It does exist as a game. However, I feel it exists more like, did you watch uh, Taliesin's one-off yet? Which the one? Cthulhu one? No. I I feel as though it is more like one-shot centric. You know, it's a game uh, meant to be played. Yeah. Like it's you would not play a Risk. Yeah, it's not. You a would play Risk. Like, but hey, could it's you Friday use the night. mechanics of it to continue? I haven't looked, and also that's also already a legally licensed thing. Not that I'm gonna like publish this stuff, yeah. but like you know, it'd be cool to like. I want to do it myself. Yeah. You know, I want to. You want to create those races and use them. Not the classes. I want to, you know... Well, and why not? I mean, we've watched other DMs create entirely new classes and races and, you know... But not based on things that are from a (laughs) established book series. You know, like, there's... There has to be a certain level of balance, right? Like, at the end of the day... to use them in your homebrew campaign at home is fine. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. I really want to do it. And I asked Daniel and he very politely told me no. Why? Because he's not interested in that kind of stuff. In homebrewing stuff, which Mm, is fine. Fair. So, I just gotta do it myself. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. So, for Monster of the Week, this is Blanton the Coin Shot, yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. Which is technically, he's technically a kineticist mm. that I flavor. Yeah, the Pathfinder class shot, is kineticist. Which is basically an elemental bender, mm-hmm. but the element I chose is force. Uh, ether. Ether. Yeah, so I flavor it by using coins because... No, he was like, oh, I can't do that because it's technically like this solid force that I have to use. And I was like, dude, I don't care if you attach a coin to the end of it and chuck it. <laughs> like, do it. Yeah, so it's a little it's it's a little flavored, but I get my rocks off with it because... <laughs> no, really it's fun. a really cool character. It's a cool way yeah. to play it. I love the idea of just having flavor on something. It doesn't change your damage. It doesn't change no. anything yeah. you do. It's literally just how something appears to mm-hmm. other people that see you, which I yeah. think is great. I think if you can change anything about your character, it should be those types of things. Yeah. If you have yeah. a class where the magic is, like, say the spell says, oh, it looks like this. You don't want it to look like that. Your, all of your magic is purple. Cool. All of your magic is purple. That's why I ask all the time. Yeah. What does I, it look like? The only time I describe magic uh, stereotypically is when an enemy is using it that way experienced players can be like oh fuck that's disintegrate we need to be careful <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah but the npcs don't give a shit no. like i don't i i know what spell you're using yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's not like competitive play but it's i, you I know, like as the a idea DM, of giving players control over that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. within reason i will say sure i think there's again only because the rule of cool only makes it cool when it lives in a small realm of reality in my opinion I sometimes disagree. Which is fine. Yeah. That's what makes us different as DMs. I think that in, especially in any kind of TTRPG, you should be able to have the kind of fun you want to have with your character, you know? And I'm really only talking about the extremes. Like, if Anna wanted her healing magic to look black and sickly, I would need a really good reason why oh, Sarah sure. Ray's magic looks sure. like that. That's what I'm talking <laughs> I about. Just mean, I but think if she wants it to be, be green or purple, whatever. Oh, I'm, I just mean you should be willing to have that conversation with no, your players. I'm, you should be willing to be like, hey, you know, do you like the way this looks or, you know, whatever. I think players should also be comfortable approaching their DM and saying, hey, I want my stuff to look like this. Is that okay? That Typically, it's a whatever. Because but sure, at the end of the day, the DM notes. decides. Absolutely. 
But when things live in an established reality is when they, in my opinion, become cool. Especially if what they want to do, like you said, is going to interfere with the way the world technically works. No, her right. magic would not look like that because she's a holy cleric. Right, but if she wants it to glow <laughs> red, healing. I'm not going to make a yeah. stink about it. But like black necrotic looking like... Okay, why? <laughs> why? Why? What's going on? Right. I need to, and not that I don't think she's got that desire. I mean, yeah. you know, she's explained her. No, I. Her magic but is I think having those conversations is important. Yeah, absolutely. And fireball has to have a certain feel to it. Sure, it has argue. to look like a fireball. Because <laughs> you have things like magic missile that aren't fireball that are the same but right. different. There and then there are, there are actually actually spells that if you want to like you know flavor things a certain way you typically choose from that pool of spells. Yeah. Like now maybe it's she she casts fire because she's got a certain bloodline and like that yeah. That's her thing. It's fire, so I choose from all the fire spells all the time. That's true. What is your guys' favorite thing about D and D so far? Like what do you what has drawn you in? Yeah, what keeps you coming? Because back? I find it hard to explain what drew me in, so I'm always curious if other people can explain it. For me, initially, it was just like, I hadn't seen you guys in a long time, so I was like, heck yeah, I'd love to hang out with all y'all people. Mm, and then, yeah. um, so I was excited and looking forward to that, and like, I did not expect to become so invested in like, the storyline and the characters, and I think it's partly because like, so like, when I act and when I write, I approach like, character the same way. Like, here, here's the situation they're in, and then, like, so what what can I relate to? Like, what emotions can I put into that? Um, and, like, build from there. So, like, start with, like, character and situation, and then, like, move from there. But it, like, playing is, it reminds me so much of, like, reading, too. I don't know. Just, like, reading, writing, and acting, like, kind of all in there. So, like, you're invested in the characters, you want to know what happens next, and... Yeah, like you just, and you're also a part of like building the story too, and like affecting it. Like, it's very weird to look at your character and watch your character's development. Cause you can't really do that with yourself, you know. You, yeah, you can you can self reflect, but getting to watch your character do things is very interesting. It's it is yeah. like reading and writing. It's all of this character development that unfolds right before you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's like a mix of all that basically, and then it's also just a fun way to spend like a Friday night with, with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very chill. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think for me it was like it gives you that same feeling of like performing on stage. Yes. Yeah. And you get to like not be yourself mm-hmm. for a couple hours. And so I think that's what drew me into it's it. Escapism. Yeah. It's absolutely a form of escapism because you get to be someone else. You get to be this really cool, fun, alternate world mm-hmm. magic's real person, you know. That's that's big for me. Yeah, so it kinda feels like I'm like acting with all of my friends. You know, mm-hmm. and then it's that same thing like you said, like you know, waiting to hear or like waiting to hear you describe the town that we're about to go in. You know, yes. it feels like you're reading a book, and you're like, oh my god, like what's it, what, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? Like, you're just kind of thing. The description, and then like you're all imagining it. Yeah, and, and then like, you're like, oh wait, I get to actually like go yeah. and explore. Or when there's a yeah. plot yeah. twist you know? and we all start screaming. Yes, like. yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing. It's like like when because like. The DM obviously is always doing things that we don't expect because that's the point. But then, like, sometimes... <laughs> like, how boring would that be if he's like, so first we're going to do this. <laughs> and then the surprise is going to be this. Yeah, but then, like, it's so fun to realize that, like, there are times when we've done things that have surprised, like, the DM as yes. well. Yes. And then we're like, yeah. We, yes. We've thrown him off his rhythm. <laughs> and so we've thrown him off his rhythm. His groove. Yeah. We're on the groove. And now then, like, we all have... Then we're, like, shaping the story too because we've taken it somewhere that mm-hmm. you know was not expected which is fun i feel like it's like a great 
A great time for theater people. It's yes. devised theater at a table yeah. with your friends. It's devised theater at a table with your friends. That's really all it is. And as an introvert in a closed environment. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's awesome. Exactly. I'm an introvert that doesn't like improv, and I'm obsessed it, with D and D. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like anybody that likes role playing could get into it, and likes escapism could get into it. It's very easy to get into in my personal experience. Well, and it's a good version of improv because. You're improving, but you're improving the same, like you are the same character. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have to be 18 different. No, nope. you know what I mean. Or like, think of where the plot goes have, like, next. You yeah, know? have like one set, like definite thing that you can then improv from. I feel like makes it less scary too. Like that's yeah. what I hate about. You just improv. get to have a conversation, and the world's already established. It's like, and you're you not know. entertaining people. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Which yeah. Actually, is why Big I difference. am actively against recording D&D sessions. Mm-hmm. I do not like the idea of it because as soon as you put a camera and a microphone in front of people, yep. they, they start change. performing. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. Like, I, I respect... I, yeah. If you want to do it, it's fine. I only want like, to do that's... it because my ADHD is awful and I'll forget everything. Yeah, <laughs> if it's your form of taking notes, that's yeah. different. But, like, I've always... Yeah, if it's, like, being viewed by someone who's not in the party. Yeah. It's, like, a different... Mm-hmm. And it would change, you'd think, even, like, subconsciously, it'd change, like, decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I made to be more entertaining or exciting. yeah, I would feel less able to like because like right now with you guys DMing like well, like I'll be like we're in the middle of a conversation I'm like wait time out can I ask you like this or this or this or like would my character yeah. know this? I do that? I would just be like you know what? yeah and like if it was I have too many questions that are gonna be recorded, <laughs> yeah. but if if we were being recorded we'd be, I'd be like I'd feel so much pressure to like just keep going with like. Mm. Whatever conversation's happening, and then I'd probably forget, like, oh, I should have bluff checked this guy, or oh, I should have asked this question, which I did the first time anyway, because I was like, okay, meeting's over, I'm out. Like, because it was. I forget stuff all the time. I literally will leave an interaction and go, oh my god, I'm an idiot. I should have used this spell. I should have used this ability. I should have insight checked. I should have, like, a million different things. I There's always a, damn it, I should have done. And it's annoying that that exists in D and D as well as in real life. Yes, <laughs> because we go, I'm like, go to D and D to be these badass characters. I still cannot. There's still like that weird level of like I zone out and I get in this weird like I have to have a conversation. Like when I was talking to the dragon, I was like, oh my god, like I couldn't think of a single question, and then he flew away, and I was like, I have so many questions, <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for this. It's so frustrating. <laughs> oh my god. For the viewers at home, what ends up happening to Chad? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> god. You well, never finished the yeah. story so, about Chad. Yeah, there, there was the guy that there was the guy that wasn't wasn't a horse, but yep. was a tiefling. Right. And right. then we picked huh? Martine and Chad to take us on our journeys yep. to pull the cart. Yes. Because that was all we needed them for. And that's when we ran into the dragon that Emma spoke to. Um, two dragons. Two dragons. That's yeah. Well, the first, the first one passed us by. The first one passed and laughed at us. The first one passed us by and laughed at us. The second one landed and spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Mathiel, the green dragon. Mathiel, dead. Yeah, he, he's dead now. He's very dead. He's, dead he's now, very but dead. He agreed to because he used a spell that we realized later you weren't allowed to use. But he, we convinced him to carry us to a different. Fortress, like the, the he let us bypass to. so much travel, so much travel, and then. Yep. But as payment for that, we couldn't take the horses with us, obviously, nope. or the cart. So he was like, "Do you have plans for the horses?" 
And we were like, uh, and then we were trying to like, we were like, we can't do this. And I was worried it would change our alignment if we let him eat the horses. They're innocent. But then he just snatched Chad's up. not innocent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just snatched up Chad. And well, because we let him, because I well, literally yeah, turned I Martin like, around and I was like, go, yeah, go. And I was already like, why is he helping us? Like, I know why he was helping us because my spell, but I'm still like, the least I can do is give, him is give a you horse. a snack, you know? Yeah. And of course it has to be Chad. Because yeah. why would it be Martine? She didn't do anything wrong. She no. didn't do it. She was misnamed. <laughs> that poor baby. That poor baby. Somebody thought she was a boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not yeah. all stable hands are that are right. right. Yeah. <laughs> poor Martine. She's running the wilderness somewhere. It was a very graphic death, too. I remember talking yes. about it. We heard yes. screams and, like, yes. The because blood. we were trying to have a conversation. <laughs> In the middle of him being eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that he deserved. Fun. And then Matthias came back to the town that we were in and attacked it because he realized he'd been tricked. Yep. And we had to fight a dragon, um, which was super dope. Yeah. Uh, we. <laughs> our actions led to a stronghold being attacked. Yes. Hooray. But we fixed it. We did. <laughs> and we didn't did tell fix them it. And got rewarded for it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'd call that a reward. That's when Adrian got his sword. Right. We didn't even talk about the sword. So the sword is a cursed mimic, which has glued itself to him. And yeah, is now supposed, trying... yeah, right at the moment, that's what we know, yeah. 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 And it's, it's like trying to, to like mind control him. And it ate a small child that tried to pickpocket him. Oh so. my god, that's right. That <laughs> For the listeners at home, it's a custom item I homebrewed. <laughs> it's um, terrifying. We haven't even found out if it has a name. Oh, I hope it has a name. No. But, yeah. Haven't but asked. then the other one that we know you homebrewed was Teddy's Tallboy. Teddy's Tall. Teddy's but tall none boy. of us know what it does yet. It's so cool. I don't know what it does yet. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I have a chart for it. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to roll some dice. I can't wait for you guys to pop one of those baddies. It's a- I, I really almost I really <laughs> almost used one um, that, yeah. this past session really because I was, in a, I was in a tight spot. Yeah. But I was afraid it was going to do something. I was, I, was, I was in a very tight spot this past session. I was sweating. I was sweating. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Um, I thought that me and Anna were going to die, but I thought about using that potion, but my fear was that it was going to like make me big or something, and then I was going to be stuck in that stupid little cavern that I was stuck in already, like, but worse. Yeah, Yeah, Teddy's Tallboy is a color-changing potion that will have a different effect depending on what color it is. When you drink it, who drinks it, we don't know. Um, And then this last session, we were underground in a dungeon. Well, it was technically just a bunch of caves, but we don't know. And then we hit a trap, and the floor fell away, and three of us held on, and Namibia fell, and then Electra went down to help her because the floor was closing over her. And it was, I thought it was another tunnel, honestly. But bless that woman. Yeah. <laughs> bless that woman for jumping down in that hole, but at first I was angry because I was like, now we're both stuck down here, and we're the only two that can heal. Yeah. We are the only... You have, have light. You have the light. And we are the only yeah. two people that could heal. My light was with me. I finally shoved a light up to Skewavir when they, they opened it again. But, uh, yeah. yeah. That was and rough. And then that, it was a, just a room with a... Uh, it was a something yeah. to eat. It's a, it's a... I believe... Tenor? Was it a tenor, demon? Tenor, it might have been tenor, a... Tenor? Tenor? Too. Yes, it's something yeah. like that. And it was a demon. You're right. Yes, but the only the only real detail was that he had a giant scythe, but also he had hands He's for feet, feet and, and feet for like, hands. No, no, <laughs> he was on all fours. 
and where his hands would be were feet. just feet. He said feet for hands and hands for feet. Oh, there were no it's hands. just feet. Just had, I, under- I understood it. Hands. I understood uh, it as it two, was reversed. He had two little baby arms oh, on his back. You didn't tell us that. I showed you the picture. <laughs> I didn't see that. And I did tell you because he also had the little hands by his face. God, we were oh. we were more worried about the floor. Yeah. At that point, but also he had like a disintegration breath. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know, but it made me think of Beast from X Men, and if you've listened to our X Men podcast. <laughs> episode we had a whole rant about how much we hate his hand feet so i was like i'm having flashbacks yeah it's awful Uh, well and i thought i was i thought i was gonna die and then and then you hit you hit anna for 27 points of damage and i only had 28 points of damage left and i was like i'm gonna i'm in danger i am in danger for the viewers at home the disintegrate spell if a person hits zero they skip all death saving throws and immediately turn to ash there is no, There's no saving chance. you. you just the only die. thing that can bring you back at that point is True Resurrection, which is a, a spell you can only use as a 20th level cleric or oracle. Sometimes 18th level. It's a 9th level spell. I've looked it up for Pathfinder. Oh, it's 20th? It's 20th level. Woof. True, re- true Resurrection. <laughs> and then there are other versions of Resurrection leading up to that, but True Resurrection, no bodily parts left. You have to be 20th level. Yeah. Which I mean, what if you want to just like leave a couple limbs behind? If you had a limb, you could resurrect somebody at I believe twelfth or sixteenth level, something like that. It's somewhere up there. Yeah, one of one of them starts fairly low. There's like because there's one that you can resurrect somebody like a minute after they die. Then there's one where you can resurrect them if you have a body part. Then there's one that like yeah, there's like there's different stipulations on it. And then yeah, you got to have expensive items to do it and the knowledge. Obviously, yeah, it's very hard, very hard. In hindsight. Me and the other rogue should have just jumped down to help you fight it. But, I mean, the floor was moving and stuff. But I um, kept thinking we were going to... Because it was just a room, and I didn't know if you could get out from there. Well, I was like, and I want to jump down, and then we all... We had a miscommunication as well, because yeah. I asked... I said exactly what I meant to say. You misunderstood. <laughs> no, I asked if there were any other openings in this tiny-ass fucking little room I landed in. And, and you I, said no. I said no. I said you don't see any. You had a light with a 20-foot radius. The room was 30 foot by 30 foot. Meaning the 10 feet beyond that were dark. The door was 10 feet beyond that. (laughs) Okay, well, I had no chance to discover that otherwise because I got attacked instantly. However, I asked if there were any fucking exits. (laughs) And I said, not that you can see. Yeah, so anyway, to me, that screamed, this is a tiny box on the floor, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to suffocate in here and die if the thing yeah, closes. Yeah, that sounds so questionable. So to yeah. me, that was, please don't fucking jump down here, right. because if we, if we get stuck, we're all stuck. If I had known there was a tunnel out, I would have been like, hey, motherfuckers, get down here yeah. and help us. And then I kept thinking, we could toss down the rope, and you guys could climb up, and I just, we'd never done climbing before, and then I remembered from reading about it, like, eventually, halfway through the battle, I was like... It's twice the speed. They can't get up in time before the floor closes. Yep. I was like, screw it. You stay here. I'll jump down. We'll see what we can do. And then yep. eventually, yeah, we were all down there. But With a moving door, <gasps> climbing up a rope was not an option. Yeah. It was, yeah. And it was like six seconds yeah. for the door. It yeah. was nuts. Nope. Um, Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. That was all bad. I'm glad no one died. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was it was close. It was very close. It was close. Was yeah. I was sitting here like pinching numbers because... <laughs> Again, I am very meticulous about how I create encounters. Yeah. So if I think I'm being fair and someone dies, that's the way it well, is. Well, here's the thing is like, I would have been pretty upset if I died to a trap. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like in the middle of a campaign story where we just fought, uh, we, we killed a giant chief and all of this amazing, I would have been so mad if I died in a trap. I would have been so fucking angry. At the feet of a hand. Like that, that would have just been like an insult to everything we have accomplished, you know? Like that just, oh, it would have hit me so hard. I'm going to disagree and say I think there'd be something oddly poetic about that. That even heroes can be fallible. That's fine story-wise, but me as the player, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be so angry. Because I'm like, dude, we've done all this amazing badass shit, and then I die in a trap. Like, fuck. And that's why I really like deaths. You can't control. Yeah. Like, it's different than, like, fighting. Character deaths are really... And again, I agree from a story standpoint, but I would still be so Yeah, I mean, that would suck. Feel your feelings. Yeah. But. Yeah. That was, it was just so close. It was so close. Oh. Yeah, he had three of those a day, and after the third one, I was like, all right. Let's not talk about the fact that I did bring it on myself, because I distinctly remember about a week and a half ago looking Teddy dead in the eyes and saying, I have never had to roll a death saving throw before. <laughs> well, I did not do it intentionally. I know you didn't. I know you didn't, but it was it, oddly also, poetic. <laughs> also, all three of those disintegrates were focused on Anna because she was the holy woman in the room. One of them did hit me before that, though, because I got hit. And then I got... You were hit by the scythe, I thought. By disintegrate? Yeah, because... Because you stabbed. Yes. That's right. Both. I got hit twice because the first first one only took like 14 health or something like that. And then the other one took some more. By disintegrate? Yeah. No. Disintegrate, he was scythe attacking. Disintegrate does 2d6 per caster level. There's no way it hit for 14 because it's a 6 level spell. Well, I lost over half my health and you only... You hit me twice. With a scythe of confusion. I don't remember getting hit the second time with the scythe. Well, I know the first time was with the bad one. Yeah. yeah. Scythe of confusion. Yeah, I don't remember getting hit a second time. That's really weird. I don't know. That was last week, man. Yeah. I don't know. That was crazy. <laughs> it's in my notes somewhere. Combat's like the longest part, too, yeah. of mm-hmm. any game. Which is funny, because like after when I write down every... Because like I take the notes during the session, which are all very like all over the place, and like written usually in a weird circle that goes around. I always yeah. end up going sideways yeah. and back up my Same. paper. <laughs> exactly. And so then, but yeah, but then I go and like, I take it, you know, an hour or two later to like write it out into like a journal format kind of thing with footnotes. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so I can like remind myself like, you know, a tiefling is this because I didn't know that when we played and now I know it and I can find it in the footnotes. But the... Where was I? Going? <laughs> yeah, it's combat. Um, so like, yeah. So when we have a combat day, it's literally like a paragraph. Like, yep. we fought a giant and won. But when it's like, you know, we traveled here and like talked to this person about this and found out about the sword and like that's like I have for Waterdeep, the town we're in. It's like seven pages right now, and we spent a lot of time in Waterdeep. Yeah, and like Golden Fields, where we fought the giant, it's gonna be like two paragraphs. It's like we fought the giants. The people bought the sword that I took from the giant and did not buy the giant tooth. You know, let me. I'll actually. I'm gonna take that back. We have not spent a lot of time in water deep, but a lot of fucking shit has happened in water deep. Like like we got to water. We we were leaned there for like three days. Yeah, but we just Uh, all we like. But like most of the story has happened in this place, and we were there for like three days. Our party member, our other, our NPC party member, got snatched. Yes. And we don't know about that? What's Still going on? Highly like, suspicious of that. And then we met the lovely cloud giant scout. Oh my god, I'm blanking out his name. Goff? 
Yes, golf. Yeah, yeah. I love golf. Yeah. Oh, oh, golf. He was drawing a picture of his dad fighting a dragon. It was so cute. And then <laughs> his he gave dad us... fighting a dragon. <laughs> and then he gave us like actual info we needed. You know, like, I'm gonna be really sad if cloud giants end up being our enemy because After they've been so been... <laughs> nice to us and they've been so sweet. I know what it's called. <laughs> I know what it's called. Yeah, we're playing a, a campaign called Storm King's Thunder. I even made a list of like, there was like abilities. One of them was specifically like something about Storm Lashed, I think. And it was like, if you have this ability, you take less damage during like lightnings. Like if someone throws lightly at you, I was like, interesting. Ooh, <laughs> Maybe yes. we'll need that. <laughs> I might need this. Yeah. Just might. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exciting. The giants don't like the little people. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have one in our party, our, our new NPC. Uh, guy, yeah. Who I don't remember his name, but he's a, I'm scared of him, <laughs> but he's nice so far. Yeah, he's cool. Um, we got to pick a lock with ourselves. Oh my gosh. <laughs> was my favorite thing. Oh it my made God. me feel and like that cartoon. that's the example of rule of cool meets <laughs> yeah. living in reality. It made me feel like the, uh, the borrowers. <laughs> like the, did you guys ever watch The Borrowers? Yes. I it made me feel like one of the tiny people. Yes. Like, yeah, I love that. I'm pretty fantastic. sure. It made me think of like Mickey and the Beanstalk. I swear they like, or some, there's some cartoon where they like pick a lock. They're inside a lock. Yeah. To, like pick it. Um, but yeah, he was like, the locks is big easy, and I was like, I'm walking inside it, and <laughs> we're gonna see what we can do. Great. Fucking work. That was so fun. We made yeah. it work. Because I don't know how else we would have done it. We With those done. javelins? Yeah. We, we kept those javelins for so long, and they <laughs> finally- You have fucking magic, you could just yeah. blow the lock to smithereens. I'm a rogue. <laughs> I can't- <laughs> I know, but- I don't know if fire's gonna break apart. You don't. A lock. You don't. I'd rather pop it open if we can. Fair enough. Um, we did you use should, magic to enough. turn the javelin. Yeah. We kept those yeah. javelins. You know, that is, I will keep things as long as possible now because I never thought we'd use those damn javelins. <laughs> and here we are. We've used the damn javelins. Adrian wouldn't be terrible at using them, but he's got a cool new toy. So. Yeah. I was going to say, we, he already has archery and swords, so he's a bit preoccupied. He's in a relationship. <laughs> I wonder how Azul feels about all of this. I don't know. If only someone could talk to animals and ask. Whoa. <laughs> I, this campaign is really throwing me for a loop because I feel like I have no idea where it's going and what, what we're about to head into. Like, I normally have some kind of prediction. I got no <laughs> predictions, man. This campaign has thrown me off so bad. I think that's another thing about D&D slash Pathfinder is, like, when we're watching a show or a movie, like, so much of, like, storytelling in that medium is very, I mean, in any medium, is patterns. So, like, you get really good at, like, noticing patterns. And, like, with Dungeons & Dragons, it's like, there might there might be an overarching pattern, but you screw with it so much. It might not matter yeah. either. Like, sometimes pa- patterns that I thought were going to matter didn't matter. And I was like, yeah. what do you mean none of that mattered? That NPC doesn't mean anything to the story? No? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it just yeah, I'll go the totally wrong direction sometimes and like be like, that matters. And then it doesn't. Yeah. never matters again. Or I'll think something is so highly insignificant yeah. <laughs> that it comes back to bite me in the ass later. <laughs> See, yeah, because I think I started off thinking that everything was going to be significant. Yes. And then I shifted to 
thinking that barely anything is going to be significant, and then I'm surprised when, <laughs> when it something is, is significant. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, I probably should have thought it was I earlier. S- then I started <laughs> asking and writing down the names of every shopkeeper. I was yeah. like, what if it's important? And then I stopped. <laughs> I stopped doing that because I was like, okay, well, we went to. The- he doesn't even remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, the with- man who sold me that is the game. that is that is a dead giveaway that an NPC doesn't matter is when you either didn't have a name prepared for them or you can't remember it. Which is yeah. actually super embarrassing. <laughs> it's a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. I would yeah. prefer not be there. You know? But then that when we were at the ball and you were reading in the alcove and there was that guy who was also reading. Yes. He could have been an NPC, but I was 100... 100- I... I definitely thought something was I was like, 100% convinced that was the Lord Zelron. I'm right. so angry yeah, at Cog. No, you guys have no idea. Yeah, he <laughs> cut that you, so short. You guys have no idea. Fuck that up. Now, Olivia <laughs> has a funny. vendetta against Cog right now because she finally was sitting in front of a pretty man mm-hmm. that was reading. Yep. I love that for you. And he yeah. ruined it. <laughs> And he ruined it. He did. He ran into the ball and, and shouted, yelled giants. giants. He yelled giants. He ran into the damn diner and yelled stampede. troll. That's yeah. what he did. Troll in the dungeon. Troll. <laughs> I just thought you ought to know. <laughs> yeah, literally, he really he pulled. Yeah. He did. He filched <laughs> that up. That's a great verb. Oh man! Thanks for bringing like, that up because now I'm just angry. Oh. Even if it was just like a romantic option NPC, like what? It's still interesting. And like, and then like, yeah, we all had stuff like. Skewy was dancing with a pink haired gnome yeah. man, and then like I was supposed to meet with like the rogue people. I literally spent the whole week before the ball, like for that session, just like I had a list of like questions they might ask me, and then answers I could give them. Like yeah. I way over. I was literally about like, to annoy the shit out of that man sitting at the table because I was gonna start asking questions. Like, and then he yelled giants. Yeah. I was like, you didn't. You and, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> And then there was Sorry, this he said he did. The, the, the reading man went away, and <laughs> I Floated looked him dead in the eyes, and I was like, "You didn't." He was like, "I did." No. <laughs> That's another thing that we haven't really done as players is experience romance. Yeah. I play with a group of straight dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Until I was in the picture, there wasn't any Who any kind of anything in that group. Aren't uh, actually, you know, Blake and Ray flirted with romance in the Western. They did. Ray's character, unrequited love. She's interested. But in I just him, mean, like, until I played, he might be gay. there wasn't even another girl um, in the group ever. It was yeah. just a bunch of dudes. To be fair, we didn't. You know, as again, it goes back to that trusted party thing, and so we didn't know who we'd want to bring in. And yeah. You know, Daniel and Tasha had been together for a while, and we'd been together. For I'm not a while. saying it's a bad thing. No, I know. I just, you know. But, like, even the DM didn't really introduce NPCs that we might be, you know. So now, as a DM being new to that, it's kind of like, are they going to appreciate this? <laughs> are they turned off by, you know, like... I personally think it's an important like? option to offer players, yeah. because I think that D&D should encompass all role-playing aspects. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I've done it, and I've kind of picked up maybe which players are interested and yeah. which aren't, and back off on a little and push in other places. And It's just, it's been a very new experience for me because yeah. I realized that this is a party who 
Well, and I think what's interesting is I've never played in a group where two players ended up having a character romance. I've watched that on screen. Mm-hmm. I've watched that in other, you know, I've watched that in Critical Role. I've listened to it in a D&D podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen other players have inter-character relationships, but I've never played in a group that does that. Well, and I think that in our other group, there's the nervousness of you being the only girl. I'm the only girl. And they, you're my fiance. Yeah, I'm, so I'm the, character, I'm the character option for them. And they don't want to make it weird when they they crack me up because they know they can make it Do that. weird. Well, also <laughs> but, they're not interested in gay relationships. Yeah. Like I I have with uh, my Cicero. other with Cicero, he's uh, he prefers it. Well, actually, he likes to eat from all food groups. But <laughs> no, romance. I I like that you started including that though because that's something I'd never even thought of with my character. Like it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, that's cool. So I think with so I knew like the kit in our campaign. Kit the cat folk person. She wouldn't be interested in it at all. <laughs> like, because just because she's so, like, I think she's, like, pretty awkward from, like, not having friends. Um, but, like, yeah. at the ball, she's having like, a shitty life. Yeah. <laughs> and just at the ball, she's like, I don't dance. It's just like, why would I want to kind of yeah. thing. But I do think in our Monster of the Week campaign, that kit, I feel like she would, but for manipulation. Mm. Like, to get what she wants, yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. Which is a, like, yeah. That's fun. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> it's yeah, nice to have things played into, I think, because I've always made choices for my characters, like sexual orientation and, you know, things like that. I've always made those choices for my characters, just because I like to have a fleshed out backstory. I like to have an idea of who the character is, because if something happens, I'll know how to respond. Right. So I've always chosen those things, so, like, having a way to actually use those aspects of my character in game is nice sometimes um i've got characters that definitely would not be interested you know but like it's it's fun to it's a fun thing that dms can offer yeah it is sorry sorry, i was gonna say and i do think like with kit now in the our campaign i don't think it's never a possibility yeah it's just like right now she's like no absolutely not yeah i think if she had seen because there was a cat folk guy who was gonna ask me to dance which we found out yeah i was like i don't dance i said it loudly um, that was the most amazing comedic <laughs> moment. <laughs> that ball had some great so moments. One-liners, man. So many good one-liners in there. I just, yeah. I'd but love I to think, see that anyway. I think if she'd seen it, him walk away, I feel like she would have felt bad. She would have made him like, okay, fine, I'll contur- get yeah. over here. Fine. <laughs> you can dance with me, kind of, whatever. Like, yeah. shut up, we'll do it. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but, but, so I feel like, I don't know, it's like she's growing a bit, but that's yeah. That's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, um, now Mivia is total opposite. She's basically a teenager at the age she is as a half elf, and is just like boys, all the boys. <laughs> boys are great. Realize you were a teenager. Well, technically, no, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, she's nineteen, but as a half elf, that's like very young. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, kids technically like barely an adult. So like same place. And yeah. I just didn't realize we were the same age. Yeah, that's we're very cool. both we're both very young people in the party. We just have too much trauma and action going on. Yes, so like, yes, we do. Act too that much, way, too yeah. much. Uh, but introducing romance as a DM can be intimidating because you don't know what's going to happen on the back end. You no, know, you don't want to do that to someone that is immediately uncomfortable with it. You know? Yeah. It like something testing the water. It you know. Well, I think that their the character's reaction is. That's what that's as far as you go, right? If they go no, then you're like, okay, shit. Well, but what if what if they go oh no to one person, but maybe that was just the wrong person? Mm-hmm. You maybe, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's fair. You know, that's why it's well, that's it's when hard. you check in with your players, which is you know, I'm a huge advocate, and I try to. Yeah. 
But no, it's very intimidating to be like, I didn't talk to them about this. Hey. I'm going to flirt with you now. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Chad. Fucking <laughs> Chad. Fuck that horse. Do not. Do not. Oh my god, I can't believe we're saying that. Sorry. Do not fuck that horse. Don't, it's beautiful. That's how you should end the episode. Hey. Do not fuck that horse. For the viewers at home. (laughs) But it's fun to to explore that with players who are open to it. Yeah. My question is, is like, if it's like a serious romance, does the NPC get to come along with us or it's like, you know, wait for me and I'll be back when it's all I think that's the DM's choice. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done both ways. You never know what the NPC's life path is. Mm-hmm. I would be very worried that they would die. That's, yeah. That would be a very traumatic mm-hmm. story moment. But. but how amazing would that story also end up being in yeah. the end? I mean, that's, that's total character development yeah. that you could go through. You got to do a whole other character arc. It's like now I'm dealing with grief and yeah. vengeance, and I'll be especially like an NPC that you brought along on your adventure is yeah. now dead. Oh, fuck! <laughs> like we are totally responsible for this person's death. <laughs> Oi! Oh man, yeah, that that'd be rough. But um, I I'm think so it would depend. I've now. seen well, because like <laughs> I've seen in other games like at times when they have to bring along family, and that ends up getting Ooh. really messy. Yeah, and uh-huh. like you've had, yeah, with that. they did. They almost had a child die. Like no, that's, the child died and was brought well, back. Went unconscious. Yeah, and was brought back. Yeah. Well, they took him to the fire plane. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they were they were running away from big bad guys who would like snap their fingers and kill them. So it was the best alternative. Fire but... plane was clearly not childproof. No. <laughs> no. I don't know if any of you remember. I remember at one point I was talking about how I like Namivia was considering a new spell. That would basically be our exit button. It's like it teleports you somewhere safe, safe for the moment, but it but it could be so anywhere. It could be the plane of fire. It could be the astral uh-huh. plane. Like it, it literally anywhere. <laughs> it could be where that tiefling is. <laughs> yes, literally anywhere. Um, and so it's an out, and you can get back later. But like you have to go to it's a, a random DM's location. Yeah, a random location, and it's, it's not rolled. Sleep. It is chosen by the DM. It's not <laughs> even rolled. Yeah. Well, if I would, I would. That, I personally love the randomness of the dice. But that spell says that the DM can pick. Right. Mm-hmm. So if the DM's picking, yeah. this DM is making a chart because it that's what he likes to was do. was so tempting. I ended up taking something else instead. But, yeah. My disappointment is immeasurable. <laughs> because uh, when it when things got really bad in that tiny box, I, I really considered. Uh, I was like, maybe I should take that spell and oh, just shoot. do it. And you guys would have been somewhere else. Yep. Party <laughs> yep. But I, but I didn't. Rain. I did not learn that spell, and I would have to. Well, actually, we just leveled up, so I could. I could mm. choose to learn it in a place of another one. But yeah. That's a cool bloodline trait. It is. Um, I mean, is there anything else that we have missed that you guys want to? Talk about? I'm sure there's a million things yeah. I could talk about D and D for yeah, days. Yeah, I, I really could. There's yeah. nothing I couldn't say about TTRPGs and Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and. I could talk about it forever because it's brought a lot into my life. It's brought a lot of joy and, uh, yeah, it's it's something that I will probably always do now. Yes. I'm planning on all of us to be in a retirement community together. Yes. We, so. we will be 90 years old yelling about our dice and yes. pissing off the neighborhood. Like It, it, it actually has quite uh, affected our life in a serious way because we, you know, I've gotten this new job and, like, I'm in a position to, like, start saving for a house 
And we always joked about moving somewhere where there's big trees and an ocean, but that kind of is far away from people who yeah. we can play D&D with. And that, as silly as it sounds like... We don't want to move away from our people. People who I can play this game with, so it not has restricted us it has just shown us what we value so it's shown me what it really has it's shown me a lot of what i want out of my day-to-day life it doesn't have to do with work and the yeah. rest of the way society runs that you know yeah. i want this space i want this time i mm-hmm. i feel it's important yeah definitely yeah i agree it's good shit yep it's good yes. soup <laughs> so yeah that's basically all we've got time for today maybe we'll have another D podcast because it's there's just so much to keep talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, but I guess that's all there is for now. That was our jam this week. Thank you for listening. 